have your Bibles with you, 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter number 6 this morning is where we're going to be together. Pastor Jade mentioned to those that are visiting, uh, we a very special welcome to you. We are truly honored that you're here with us this morning. I am going to do my best to share with you uh, this morning that which the Lord has placed in my spirit for today, and uh, I am thankful for the presence of the Lord that I do sense in worship this morning. We're going to deal with that just a little bit, if the Lord would help us today. And uh, one of the individuals that is mentioned throughout Scripture and is probably talked about, preached about uh, just about more than Jesus himself uh, would be King David. And many people uh, are familiar with King David as has been a shepherd boy that was out in the field. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the story of David taking on a lion and a bear or maybe taking on uh, Goliath and then ultimately replacing Saul. But oftentimes, uh, what we're going to share this morning does not necessarily get as much as attention as some of the other stories concerning David. But as David began to rule and sit on the throne, and we know this, that your Bible tells us that he had a heart after God. Uh, we know that while he did not do everything correctly, uh, but his heart was turned towards the Lord. And there was always a desire, there was always a longing to be in the presence of the Lord in David's life. And uh, I pray that that is true with all of us in this room, that we long to be in the presence of the Lord. But when we come to 2 Samuel chapter number 6, uh, we find that there is a desire and there's a longing for him to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant is a picture of the presence of the Lord. And uh, we find that if you was to read in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, that it says that he sought counsel from every leader on how to bring it up into the city of David, and he failed to seek the counsel of the Lord. So the first part of 2 Samuel chapter number 6, you will read that they went to bring back the ark, but they put it on a new cart, and it was never designed to be moved in that manner. That's how the Philistines had moved it, but that was not how God had orchestrated for his people to move the ark and it says that they put him on a new cart and that they began to, uh, began to take the journey back. But when they got to Nacon's threshing floor, that the oxen stumbled and that Uzziah put his hand towards the ark. And when he did, uh, he touched it and he fell dead. He did not have the authority and he was not designed, he was not in the right manner to be touching the presence of the Lord. It's something I want us to remember this morning. And we find that it brought fear into the heart of King David in such a manner that your Bible says that then he picked up the ark 
and carried it into the house of Obed-Edom. And as he put it in the house, it simply says this, that it stayed there for three months. And while it was in the house of Obed-Edom, it says everything that pertaineth to him was blessed and favored. How many knows that you're blessed when you're in his presence? Amen. Now we're going to pick up the story right there. And if you're able, if you're not, I understand. But if you're able, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the word in 2 Samuel chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 12. And we're going to read throughout this chapter. And bear with me. I know it's a little bit of reading this morning, but I believe it's important for us to hear the whole story. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, every one to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in my own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor." And then verse 23, therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people that's in this house and those that are joining us by way of technology today. I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive today that which you would have for us. Let this vessel decrease and let your Holy Spirit Speak through me this morning that would bring honor and glory to you and would give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen and amen. Thank you for standing in reverence of the word of the Lord this morning. For a few moments, I want to look at this story and I'm simply going to 
preach to us for a few moments on the arrival. And I want us to look at this story and I want us to kind of just walk through it together this morning. And I want us to notice, first of all, how the ark was brought into the city. If you was to read verse 12 again, you would see that it says that David brought it up with gladness, meaning this, he was filled with joy and pleasure. Can I ask you this morning, how much joy do you have? If we had a joy meter this morning, and you could put your finger on it, how high would it register? Or have you allowed the cares of life to strip you of your joy? Can I tell you this morning, there is a joy unspeakable and full of glory when you know who Jesus is. Have you forgotten who he is? I pray that you have it this morning. But if you was to read verse number 14, you would also find that David danced before the Lord, but he didn't just dance. But it says that he danced with all his might. I didn't see too many people dancing this morning. A little long dancing with all your might. But if little Johnny would have hit it over the fence last night, you wouldn't have cared how foolish and how crazy you looked. If the quarterback would have spun left and spun right, and even though he was nine years old, and then he hit that guy right in the numbers, mama wouldn't have cared at all how crazy she sounded. But when we come to the house of the Lord, no dancing, a little long, not much energy. Verse 15 says, All the house of Israel brought it up with shouting and the sound of the trumpet. I want to reference these because I believe we could sum it up in this manner. The ark was brought back in the midst of abundant praise. And the reason for that was that David understood the significance of having the presence of God in his presence. You see, when you begin to really look, we find that for 70 years the ark had been without a house. It is even looks like in Psalms 132 and 6 that it was so neglected that it was left out in a field. Think about it. The presence of God, abandoned, left to the elements of the world, just setting in a field. But now we find that David comes along and he says, I've got to do something because in this city there is Something missing. We've got all of the activities. We've got all of the 
merchants. We've got all of the synagogues. We've got everything in place, but there's something missing. The presence of the Lord is not here. I must say today I am saddened by the approach that has become the norm of our day when it comes to the behavior of those who say that they desire his presence. Allow me to remind us this morning that the ark, as I have said already, but it is needful to be said again, that the ark is always symbolic of the presence of the Lord. David was grieved by the absence of the ark in such a manner that he created a place in the city for it. If you read verse number 17, it says, And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Upon reviewing this event in Scripture, I was moved to ask the question uh, this morning, have we truly prepared a place for him to dwell? I know we have built buildings and programs and event schedules and all types of groups, and we have really prepared all types of facilities in all different manners, but the question has to be asked is, have we truly prepared a place for him to dwell? Because let me remind you this morning, he does not dwell in a building. But where he dwells is in the heart of man. Jade referenced it earlier this morning that Paul in his writing to the church at Corinth simply said, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost or that you're the temple of the living God. And notice with me that he doesn't just dwell anywhere, but he only dwells where there has been a place uh, prepared for him. Can I remind you this morning, it says that he inhabits uh, the praise of his people, meaning this, uh, I only dwell where praise is present. Now, stay with me. I know that in the midst of everything that's going on in our world, uh, it's easy to be distracted and say, well, I, I just don't know how we're going to go beyond. But can I tell you, David gives us an example of how we are to go about to bringing back the presence of God to a city uh, or to a family or to a local church setting. Uh, first of all, we see that we must prepare a place. Uh, he went to a, the great lengths of building a tabernacle, a tent, uh, erecting it and creating a place for the ark to be brought and set. He wasn't just bringing it to the city, but he had a designated place uh, where he was going to bring it uh, so that he could then offer uh, sacrifice unto the Lord. Lord, uh, in the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, we also find that secondly, uh, he shows us uh, that it must be brought in a biblical manner. Uh, I know this part of the message is not popular this morning, uh, but let me say to you, uh, you cannot bring the presence of God uh, into your city or into your life uh, on a new cart. Uh, it was never brought about that way. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, it will still take holiness. Uh, it will still take righteousness. Uh, it will still take authentic uh, praise and worship uh, to usher 
usher in the presence of God. Uh, I don't care how gifted we get. Uh, I don't care how talented we become. Uh, I don't care how polished we become. Uh, but if there is not an authentic praise and worship extended uh, into the presence of God, uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, we can't live like the world on Saturday uh, and expect to live in his presence on Sunday. Uh, it still takes uh, somebody uh, consecrating themselves uh, and living according to the word of God. John chapter 4, 23 and 24 says, But the hour cometh and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth truth. Uh, I know we're faced with great challenges, uh, but none of them should move us uh, from our place uh, of authentic praise and worship. Uh, we must not lose sight uh, of who he is. Uh, I will continue, uh, no matter what's going on around me, uh, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord uh, because he is still good this morning. I know sometimes uh, we try to base our praise and worship uh, based on how we feel uh, or how things are going in our life. Uh, but listen, uh, David simply said, uh, doesn't matter where I find myself, uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil uh, for thou art with me. Uh, he was simply saying this, uh, no matter what condition uh, is I find myself in, I'm still going to acknowledge uh, who you really are. Uh, can I tell you this? This morning, uh, you and I have got sucked into uh, the lies of the enemy that tells you uh, that you cannot offer him praise uh, unless everything's good in your life. Uh, but this morning, I got to tell somebody, uh, you got to get your focus back on who he is uh, because in the midnight hour, he's still God. Uh, and on top of the mountain, he's still God. Uh, in the lowest of valleys, he's still God. Uh, when everything doesn't make sense, uh, he's still the King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, when it seems like everything's falling apart, uh, he is still Alpha and Omega, uh, the beginning and the end. <coughs> I'm gonna preach this thing this morning. Uh, I got to tell somebody uh, today, we got to expose uh, the lies of the enemy and right now the United States of America does not need a new politician, uh, but it needs a resurrected praise from the church uh, because they know who their God is this morning. I wish to God somebody would give him praise uh, because of who he is. Uh, not because you like the preacher, uh, not because you like the song, uh, not because you like your church, uh, but because of who God is this morning. Oh, but preacher, you don't know what I went through this week. Uh, I'm not going to make light of your issue, uh, but can I tell you this morning, what you went through did not change who he was. So he's still worthy to be exalted and lifted high this morning. 
but preacher, why does he deserve to be exalted? Uh, can I tell you, I'm going to give you just a few things this morning uh, of why uh, you should praise the Lord. Uh, because number one uh, is his position uh, has not changed. Uh, can I tell you today, he is still almighty. Uh, he is still not just a king, uh, but he is the king of kings uh, and Lord of lords. Uh, he is still the ruler of the universe. Uh, he is still the creator of all things. Uh, he is still truly amazing uh, and he is still truly God. Uh, listen, uh, you can pray to Allah if you want to. Uh, you can bow down to Buddha if you want to, uh, but there is only one God uh, and he is uh, still uh, the one uh, that's in complete authority today. That's why David writes in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Can I tell you, it was him that forgiveth you of all of your iniquities. It is him that has healed you of your diseases. It is him who has redeemed your life from destruction. Destruction. It is him who crowneth you with loving kindness and tender mercy. It is him that satisfies your mouth with good things. And it is him that is able to renew your youth like that of an eagle. Can I tell you there is nobody else that can do that. And that's why you ought to give him a shout of praise because of his position of authority. Psalms 95 and 3 says, For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Can I tell you, sometimes you got to pause and reflect and remember where he brought you from. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, if I had a voice, I'd sing this morning. But can I tell you, what we've got to realize is that there's a generation that's starving for his presence but they have never experienced his presence. They don't know what they're starving for. They're just starving for something. Uh, but the church today, listen, uh, it is our responsibility uh, to bring back the presence of the Lord. Uh, listen, uh, the arrival of his presence uh, is what's going to absolutely change uh, the circumstances uh, of those that is bound uh, in the world in which we live. Uh, the second reason this morning uh, somebody ought to shake everything off uh, and just begin to give God praise uh, is not just because of his position uh, but because uh, of his power. Uh, you see his power is seen in his mighty deeds. Uh, creation declares who he is this morning. Uh, the creation of mankind declares who he is. Uh, the events in scriptures uh, declare who he is. Uh, I could talk to you about the flood. Uh, I could talk to you about the parting of the Red Sea. I could talk to you about the fire falling from heaven. I could talk to you about a virgin womb conceiving a child. I could talk to you about the resurrection of the dead. I could talk to you about three Hebrew boys going through a fiery furnace and there wasn't a smell of snitch upon them. Their garments wasn't burned and they seen the power and the presence of God. They said Nebuchadnezzar looked over the edge and they said, did we not cast three men into the fire? They said, yes, 
king we did. He said, then why am I counting for and why is the fourth man like the son of God? Can I tell you this morning, there is nothing that can separate you from his power when you belong to him. No matter what the world tries to do to you, no matter what they try to bring about you, no matter how much terror they try to bring, how much fear they try to put upon you, when you understand that he is all power, that a fire can't keep him from you, that a flood can't keep him from you, that you can begin to say, God, I'm gonna praise you in the midst of my storm. I'm gonna praise you in the midst of my uncertainty because can I tell you, he is still all power and authority. I'm trying to hurry this morning. Uh, Not only do we praise him for his position, uh, not only do we praise him for his power, uh, but because of his personality. Please hear me. We must stop in the midst of all of the craziness of our world, and we must begin to consider once again his qualities. Can I tell you this morning, let me remind you, maybe you have forgotten, but he is filled with goodness. He is filled with righteousness. He is filled with graciousness. He is full of compassion. But it doesn't stop there. He is slow to anger, great in mercy. And somebody should thank him for his personality. Psalms 107. One and two says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm just curious this morning, has anybody been redeemed in this house? That's about a pathetic praise for being a redeemed people. You'd have clapped better if Johnny hit it over the fence. We're not talking about winning a ball game. Listen, I ain't been mean, I've been real. We're talking about eternity. If you've been say I'm redeemed, that means this, you've escaped the flames of hell. You've escaped the place of damnation. You've escaped the place of utter darkness. Uh, listen, I'm here to tell somebody this morning, because of his personality, uh, because of his graciousness, uh, because of his goodness, uh, because of his mercy, uh, listen, uh, every one of us uh, owed a debt that we could not pay. Uh, every one of us uh, was cast to a place uh, where we could not get to him. Uh, but because of his grace uh, and his mercy, Hallelujah. I don't want to be mean this morning, but I want to be real with you. You didn't deserve to be saved. I didn't deserve to be saved. But because of his personality, I'm going to give him praise and glory because when I deserve judgment, I got grace this morning. Hallelujah. Somebody probably ought to grab their seat. I'm about to get Pentecostal this morning uh, because can I tell you, his position hasn't changed. Uh, His power hasn't relinquished uh, and his personality's still the same. Hallelujah. 
Uh, I've got to hurry. Not only, not only is he's got a God of a position, not only is he God of power, he's a God of personality, but he is also a God of preeminence, meaning this. Allow me to remind you that he is over all things because he made all things. In the beginning, Allah. No. In the beginning, Buddha. No. In the beginning, God created. He has no rival. He has no equal. He is in a class all by himself. But here's the best part. I have been adopted. And I have royal blood flowing through my veins. So that means the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that can quicken this mortal body. So that means this. I have no rival and I have no equal. You missed a good place to shout right there. Because can I tell you, the old wolf may come up and begin to huff and blow and say, I'm going to blow your house down. But what he don't realize is that this house ain't built with brick and mortar, but this house has been built by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and there is nothing that can take precedent over the power and the authority of God. And as long as I'm with him, I will stand the test of time. Paul said, don't worry about those that can try to kill this temporal house, but we worried about the one that can do something to the spirit man. Can I tell you, even if they take this flesh out and burn at the stake, they still ain't gonna kill me because I'm going to live for all eternity in the presence of the Lord. I'm just gonna praise him for who he is because all things are made by him. Fifthly, this morning, let me give you this, is we should praise him today because of his provisions. I must remind us this morning that he is the great provider of some of our needs, of all of our needs. No matter whether it be physical, no matter whether it be emotional, or whether it be spiritual, he is faithful to all that call on his name. Has he healed anybody physically in this room? Amen. Has he touched anybody's emotions in this room in difficult times? Have you ever been just spiritually overwhelmed and all of a sudden he just come and he just lifted your spirit and brought peace? Uh, listen, I, I, I think that serves notice for somebody to say, I think I'll just praise him because of his provisions. Psalms 146, 5 through 9 says this, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Let me pause right there. If you really have the God of Jacob for your help, why aren't you happy? Why 
Why does the world see us as men and women that's walking around drinking pickle juice? Why is it that we no longer have a smile? Why is it that we no longer have a twinkle in our eye? Why is it that we no longer have a good morning? How are you? Have we forgotten the provisions of God? See, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Listen, here's here's the one thing that'll help you right now. It'll make you be full of joy. You might even dance before you leave today, and that is this. Get your hope out of Washington, D.C., and every state house in this land, and put your hope back in Jesus. Which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. And the Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. Listen, when you're a child of God, you don't have to worry about much if you read that. Because if you're going to take the whole counsel of God, it means this. He's going to make a way for you. Even when it doesn't seem like there's a way. Listen, when you begin to walk with God and you begin to desire to be in his presence, he just begins to make provision for you. He even gives you stuff you don't need. He gave me 50,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. I sure don't need it. <laughs> but I've got it. <laughs> and I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> See, I'm going to share the wealth. What I'm saying is this. Even when you don't understand what's going on, people began to just bring things into your realm, begins to bless you, begins to make provision for you. See, sometimes we don't always know what's down the road. Maybe God knows something we don't know. Maybe y'all needs a little bit of help. Stay a little cleaner in the future. I don't know. We'll take care of it. What I'm saying is this. And I referenced this earlier, but let me give you the whole counsel of it. David didn't just write Psalms 146, but most of you probably can quote this one, Psalms 23. But it's worth hearing over and over and over. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall want. Isn't it amazing how one little word can change the whole dynamics of it? I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely... Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Or you could be said this way, I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. Which brings me to this. You should praise him for his presence. People may say, I'll be there. 
Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But he says, I'll never leave you, never forsake you, be with you always, even to the end. But that's not all he said. He said, come unto me and I will give you rest. That's why Psalms 23 and 4 is so important. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. How many has ever been through some dark things? And then all of a sudden you just felt his presence. You was broken. You was hurting. But at the same time, there come a peace and you're like, you know what? I can do this because he's with me. If there ain't no other reason in the world to praise him, right there's a reason to praise him. Can I tell you, when I've been in some of the darkest places, his presence has sustained me. Which brings me to this, and I'm trying to hurry. Preservation. Can I tell you this morning, he truly is our protector. And it is he that is able to destroy the wicked. And it is he that preserves his people. Psalms 149, 4, and 9 says this, 4 through 9 says this. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. Think about that. Right now, the God of heaven takes pleasure in you and I. Out of everything that he created, he takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor hath all his saints. Praise you the Lord. Now I have to stay here just for a moment. He is a God of preservation. He's our protector. He destroys the wicked and he preserves his people. But notice with me, not only does he take pleasure in us, but the psalmist is writing, he says, listen, let the saints be joyful, which means this, let them be full of gladness. But it says, then let them sing aloud upon their beds. When was the last time you went to bed singing? Maybe you ought to start it. I don't know what the rest of the people in your house is going to think, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter. Because when you begin to talk about the persevering and the, and, and the preserving, and the power and the present. How can you not but lay down and begin to say, God, I thank you for another day. I thank you for your goodness, your grace. and your mercy. Listen, I understand this. His arrival will always cause resistance. But the resistance can't keep us from being that which he's created us to be. Because we was created to bring praise and worship into him. Notice. David's wife was embarrassed by his behavior. And don't you all laugh at her because some of you have been embarrassed when you brought friends to the house of God and somebody got happy. 
And you said, why in the world did they have to act that way when I brought my friend? Or some of you have invited friends and you said, I hope we have a good service, but I hope we don't have one of those shout downs because it's going to scare them to death. We got to break them in easy. Now, y'all ain't that spiritual. I know you. Listen, I know I'm telling the truth right now. Listen, she failed to understand the position of God. She failed to understand the power of God. And due to her unwillingness, hear me, due to her unwillingness to praise him and embrace his his presence, notice what happened to her. She found herself barren unto her death. Everything that I've said brings me to this point this morning. Why is it that we have over 1,700 pastors quitting every month in America? Why is it that the average length of a new church plant will not surpass eight years? Why is it that churches that have been around for 100 years, 60 years, 50 years, is now setting with a handful of people that is getting ready to cross over into glory? No babies crying, no children marking on the walls, no preteens plugging up toilets. The buildings with steeples on it this morning is set and barren because for years we've not gave birth to anything. And I believe it's because we lost our praise. We are repeating what Michael did. Michael looked from the window and saw King David dancing with all of his might, leaping and dancing and praising God. And she blushed and was embarrassed and said, how dare him behave that way? He said, I wasn't doing it for the people, but I was doing it for the one that chose me. Can I remind you of something? You did not choose him. He chose you. So to think about the God that created chose you and I for such a time as this. He makes sure that we have health in our body. He makes sure that we have the ability to move and to act. He gives us provision. He makes a way in the midst of darkness for us. He leads us and guides us no matter what season of life we find ourselves in. But then we come in to his house And we expect somebody else to do our praise and our worship. And we sit on our hands and we have the audacity to say, if they would have prayed more, they could have took us into the presence of God. Or if the preacher would have done his due diligence, maybe maybe somebody would have moved today. See, the arrival of the ark into the city of David caused a disruption. It didn't cause disorder. It caused a disruption. 
We've gotten really good at disorder in the Pentecostal church, but we've never got real good at a disruption in the spirit. Listen, I'm trying to help us this morning. Right now, what we need is for the arrival of his presence in our city. But it doesn't happen unless somebody prepares a place. And now when you prepare a place and you begin to know who he is, and once that place is prepared, notice they took six paces, and then they begin to offer worship and sacrifice. We can't just do this thing on Sunday morning. But every few steps we take every day of our life, we got to begin to praise him. And we got to begin to become radical in our relationship with him. Now, I understand we all have different personalities. And I understand not everybody's loud and bolsterous. That's fine. But can I tell you, some of the greatest worship sometimes is when somebody in their stillness and their quietness just stands and decides, you know what, today I'm not going to hold back the tears. I'm just going to let them fall. Nobody may hear it. Nobody may see it. But the one that needs to see it does. Maybe you're not the one that fully extends their hands. Maybe you're the one that just does this. But when your heart is right and you're moving into the presence of God and saying, God, I thank you, things begin to change. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. As they come to the music this morning, I want to leave you with this. There must be a resurrection of praise in the city. It is when the shout of joy begins to be released that the enemy is confused and destroyed. I cannot overstate this morning. Our nation is in desperate need today for the church to create a dwelling place and begin to usher in the presence of the Lord again. For it is then 
that we will have possessed the ability to change a nation. Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to just for a moment to remember. I don't want you to live in your past, but I'd like for you just to visit it just for a moment and remember where he brought you from. And as you began to do that, I also want you to just take a moment and begin to remember who he is. And then as Sister Sharon just so beautifully sung, I want you to remember where you're going. This world's not my home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. It could have been devastating for you this week, but God. It would have been over for you this week, but God. It should have been death, but God. How can we say, but God is because for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. That's why he said, the psalmist said, let a high praise be in your mouth. But there's still stuff in my life, pastor. Yeah, but you're still here. So let a high praise be in your mouth. But not let just a praise be in your mouth, but he said, let a two-edged sword be in your hand. I'm trying to quit, but let me just give you this little thing right here. Let it be in your hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people. Can I tell you, here's the, here's the key for the rest of this year. Man, I about shouted early, early this morning. In the midst of a tired body, I, I, I about found a shout this morning. Because he said, let a high praise be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand so that you can execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written for this honor have all his saints. I have the honor this morning. I have the honor to take the word of the Lord and to speak to every file king and kingdom every one of their nobles and by the word of God I can speak and I can bind them with fetters of iron because God has given me the authority to do so but not me alone but you 
Can I tell you the kingdom of darkness trying to bring stuff into your life, into your family? You don't have to accept it, but you have the honor to stand in the kingdom of God and say, you know what? No weapon formed against me will prosper. You can stand and say, nothing will come nigh my dwelling because you have a two-edged sword in your hand and you got a high praise on your lips. You know why you're fought so hard in praise and worship? In every city I go, you know why you can't get musicians in the house of God? You, you, you know why there's such warfare with praise and worship? Is because the enemy knows this. Uh, if you get the worship right, you, can, you take the city. It's not about how many meals we feed. It's not about how many people we clothe. Yes, we do those things. Uh, but when we begin to give God praise and glory for who he is uh, and begin to enter into his presence, uh, it becomes contagious uh, and it begins to filter out into the city and it brings a disruption. And the place that had not been becomes the place that is. I'm not talking about revival five years from now. I'm not talking about his presence five, five months from now. But I'm talking about all it takes is a man or a woman to begin to prepare this place and say, God, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to lift you high. In the midst of my brokenness, I'm still going to call you God. In the midst of my not knowing, I'm still going to call you my king. In the midst of not having enough, I'm still going to make the declaration that I'm blessed and highly favored because of who you are in my life. I'm not against new methods. But I'm here to tell you one method that can't change, and that is this. There's only one way to bring the presence of God. And he's got to be exalted. He's got to be high and lifted up. The old oxen knew something that David and Uzziah and nobody else knew at that moment. It's like this. That I shouldn't be pulling this thing. This thing should be above me. You'll notice in the story when you go back, David went back to Obed-Edom's house after three months. And all of Israel went with him. They didn't put that ark on a new cart this time. But the priest went in. They put the staff poles in it. And they bore it on their shoulders and it was above them. And they respected it. They reverenced it. And they walked under it. And therefore, they ushered it into the city. And the Lord said, because of the reverence and the respect, I will go to the place that David has created for me. Hear me today. You think you could put him on a new cart? No, 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 no. I don't care what seeker-friendly movements tell you. I, I, don't, I don't care what all of the new theology says. Here's what I'm going to tell you. His word hasn't changed. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Listen, we got to get back to holy living if we want his presence. we got to get back to righteous living if we want his presence. If we want our family to be saved and to experience God, we got to become the peculiar people that he called us to be. And we got to begin to 
exalt him and lift him high. We do that. This arrival of his presence is going to be greater than anything humanity has ever known. How can you say that, Pastor, as we stand all over the building this morning? It's because of this. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters, handmaidens. It also says this in another passage of Scripture. It said, I will bring the former and the latter together and begin to pour out. Is anybody ready for his arrival? This morning. Everybody's talking and waiting for suddenlies. But can I tell you, a suddenly is just the bringing forth of something that's been in the making for an extended period of time. I suddenly became a grandpa. But there was a nine-month process that led up to the suddenly. There's been years of labor. There's been years of commitment. There's been countless tears shed. There's been hours pacing the floor. There's been sleepless nights and many hard days. In this ministry since 1980 when it first began. First 20 years, my brother Phil and my father, instrumental in making that happen. Dad stayed faithful. And then now getting ready to go on to 22 years. I'm not that old, sister. Beginning first of the year, we'll be starting 22 years of leading the charge. And I tell you this, it's not always been easy. But because of the faithfulness, because of the commitment, because of the hearts that's turned towards God, I really believe we're getting ready to birth the suddenly that's been developing and growing in the spirit realm. And the only thing that will keep us from experiencing the suddenly our unwillingness to begin to give him the praise that he's worth. I'm not talking about becoming radical, not being you. I'm talking about being the authentic you that God called you to be and without any reservation being completely yielded and surrendered. Here's what I firmly believe this morning. The day of looking out the window is over. And if people choose to continue to just look from the balcony and look out the wound, they're going to begin to have, and they're going to walk in a greater barrenness 
than they've ever known. The daughter saw Michael went to her death with a barren womb. Everyone else around her was birthing things, and she was barren. Can I be honest with you this morning? The kingdom of darkness is continually birthing new things to destroy your children and your grandchildren, continually birthing radical agendas and dark things. But you look around, if you're not careful, the church is setting barren because we're choosing not to acknowledge him I love modern day praise and worship some of it, a lot of it some of it not so much because some of it has completely taken the focus off of him and put it all on his he gets no glory in that But when we begin to turn it off of us and turn it back on to him, oh, he can't help but come down from heaven. And he has to dwell amongst his people. So this morning, I don't know what you walked in with. You may be tired. You may be sick in body. You may be sick emotionally or spiritually. You may, you may feel like you're just in a place where you're overwhelmed, can I tell you this morning, if you will truly forget about everybody around you and just say, you know what, I'm going to thank God for his position, his power, and all of the other things that I mentioned. And I'm just going to give him his worth in worship. I believe in the midst of your praise and worship, you can be healed, you can be delivered, you can be set free, your children can be delivered. Listen, space is not a problem for our God. I read in Scripture, it says the self-same hour they was healed. There is a movement of healing that's getting ready to sweep this nation. I know others is talking about it, but in my prayer time, there is such a boldness. I found myself and it came out, and then we're going to pray. I was walking through my house one day this week, walked in, Debbie had somebody had sent a message for, for her to pray about a certain situation, and I was aware of the situation, and I said this, I said, there's really no need to pray because God's already took care of that. I said, that, that, that's already healed. And she was like, what? And I said, I, I, don't, I don't know, I think that was the Lord. But I said, uh, I hope that was the Lord. And, uh, but it was just there. And I was like, you know what? From the time that I began to pray concerning that situation, I knew the Lord just simply said, I've got this, and I'm going to receive glory. And I'm like, God, God's got it. I said, so what I did in that moment, I said, if you're going to pray, you need to just pray like this. Lord, I thank you for healing and doing what needed to be done there. Consider it to be done. Because of why? Because there is a praise that's beginning to muster up out of the church in places. There's pockets of worship that's beginning to bombard heaven. And because of that, there is getting ready. There is a fresh habitation of the Holy Spirit of God coming to the church in America. In the midst of all of our craziness. But this morning, the only thing that will keep it from this house is you and I.
choosing just to go through the form of religious activity. So right now, worked out kind of well this morning. Brother RJ, Sister Ashley here, visiting wedding this weekend. Honored to have you this morning. I believe Brother RJ has continued to grow and develop. We're proud of them. But I've always said this about RJ, this, and I say it publicly this morning. There's a prophetic element about his worship. So I want you to just begin to take us into a place of worship, my friend. And right now, if you have a need, you have a concern, or you just want to love on Jesus before we leave this house, you can stand where you are. You can kneel on these altars. You can stand around these altars. But can we prepare for the arrival of his presence before we leave this house this morning? Won't you come right now? I know it's a little different, but can you just right now? Young people, I don't want you to act like you're 90 years old. I want you to act like you're a young person in your worship. Listen, it's okay to be you. Just forget about everything else for a little bit. And just thank Him for His protection. Thank Him for His provision. Thank Him for all that He's been this week for you. God bless you this morning. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you and God bless you.